without even realizing it, my years on social media have portrayed this like lovely, perfect life. Yeah. This happy-go-lucky girl where mm. everything just, you know, always goes right and she's always having a lovely time and every day is great, blah, blah, blah. And I think I had been doing that without mm. realising. I didn't do it on purpose. I think I just naturally only would post the good times. Mm. Like everyone on social yeah. media, right? You don't see the bad times. So this was the first time where I thought, hmm, I'm going to be real here. Mm. Life is not great. <laughs> and my life has turned upside down but I'm gonna tell everyone and I'm gonna speak about it and just talk about my journey. I founded the BeWell Collective, a not-for-profit organization that aims to bring nutritional education and mental health support to the fashion and creative industries. I believe the topics we discuss throughout our series are relevant to whatever industry that you work in or any issues that you might be facing. Because as a collective, together, we are stronger. Welcome to this week's episode of Live Well, Be Well with your host, Sarah Ann Macklin. In this episode, we explore if you can have a healthy relationship with social media. Now, I'm not sure what your personal relationship is. However, with mine, it's been very up and down. Some days I love social media and some days I find it really destructive. And I know for many people that I talk to, they feel very similar. Taking time off social media has been shown to improve mental health. And too much time on social media does lower your self-worth, as well as distancing yourself from personal relationships. So to help me explore this further and how we can create a healthy relationship with social media... I invited Naomi Smart to come and talk about her personal relationship with social media. She has been a content creator for over 10 years, starting her career on YouTube and expanding it to social media through the means of Instagram, as well as slowly diversifying herself into other areas, such as entrepreneurship with her new vegan skincare brand, Smart Skin. We have a really interesting conversation in today's episode and I was so excited because funnily enough, this was my first guest I actually had in person. For those of you who haven't been following Live Well Be Well for a while, I actually started this podcast in lockdown. So I've never ever had an in-life person guest to be able to speak to me. And it just so happens that the one thing that takes us away from personal contact, which is social media, was the one episode that actually brought us together. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of personal insights into each of our lives, which is something I don't usually do. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. I loved recording it and I hope you enjoy it too. Welcome to Live Well, Be Well. I am so excited to bring you this recording today. I am doing my first live podcast with one of my friends, Naomi Smart. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. I feel very lucky to be the first. <laughs> we are literally sat about 30 centimetres from each other. Our cheeks are almost touching. <laughs> they generally are. We've got one microphone, so we're having to to be as close contact as possible. And thank God she's with my friends, because otherwise this could be really awkward. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you and to have this conversation. Do you know what? Me too. It's something that came to my mind, obviously working with a mental health organisation, 
Social media plays a really big part in so many of our lives today and you are kind of the pinnacle of social media. You've been in this for nearly 10 years now and you have transformed over the years and I think your fans have watched you grow and develop and mature and go through incredible parts of your life, really traumatic parts of your life. They've really kind of seen you evolve. And I think I really wanted to get you on here today just from a personal experience to talk about that because I think so many times social media is overshadowed and how much it affects our day-to-day lives and people probably look at you as being invincible in this space and you know nothing ever touches kind of the sides of the comments that you might receive or the impact in your general life but this is your business you know this isn't just like your fun account this is kind of has been your life for 10 years and that's a extreme pressure on someone's shoulders and extreme pressure on mental health generally as we know it so you know can you give and I know loads of people will know like what you've done but you've really developed because now you're an entrepreneur yourself but tell me how did it all start at the age of 20 because that's when was that before social media was that YouTube yeah yeah I I started on YouTube so that was when I was 20 so nearly a decade ago which is just crazy because I think your 20s are such an impressionable time you're still evolving Mm. You're not really an adult, like not a real adult. When I think just come out of your teenage. Yeah, I probably should have been, but I didn't. <laughs> I felt very much like I didn't have any responsibilities, and I had just graduated from university. And I think at the time, I had just realised I didn't want to progress with law. Mm. So my degree was in law. Uh, the plan was, of course, to just go down that whole route, get my training contract, um, do my LPC, and. Luckily, I realised and I really listened to myself that it wasn't for me. Mm. But the problem was, it was really hard. I mean, the easy option really probably would have just gone with it and gone Mm. with the flow because that's what everyone else around me was Mm -hmm. doing. And I've completely respected them for it. And they were so passionate about it. So they they made the right choice. But for me, I didn't love it as much. Mm. And there was just this inner voice telling me that it wasn't going to make me happy in the long run Mm -hmm. so I'm really really grateful actually now that I came to that decision to to not do it but the problem was I didn't know what I did want to do and this is when YouTube was just starting and it hadn't even really kicked off it was still the place where you would just watch cute cat videos and (laughs) You know, I'd sit there with my cousin for hours and then, yeah, looking at cute dachshund videos. (laughs) It was just like a bit of a joke, really. But I had this amazing group of friends who were starting to like film these YouTube videos and vlogging and talk about their days or, or things that they were passionate about. And I never actually thought that I could be that person because I was like, I'm actually quite introverted. I'm not the kind of person to like film myself and what on earth would I say anyway? But my friend actually ended up creating my YouTube channel for me and helped me film like my first few videos. And I very like bizarrely ended up loving it. I was like, this is actually really fun. I'm enjoying this. You know, before I figure out what I really want to do, I'm, I know, I still had a job. I was working. This was purely just like, fun like a, a, a creative outlet mm. it was a hobby a creative outlet um law hadn't been that creative and I think I'm naturally a more of a creative mm. person so this I you know I just had a lot of fun with it um and my passions grew with food vegan recipes health and well-being mm. there, there were so many things that really 
uh, inspired me and I just started talking about it online and it completely snowballed. I mean, it's been nearly 10 years, as I said, and I mean, the journey has just been quite ridiculous. And I say this quite often, actually, if I were to have been shown all those years ago when I first started where social media had come and where I would be now, as much as I am really, really proud, it would absolutely terrify me. And Mm. there is no way Mm. I would start it because I did it. Yeah, I did it. It, This always really surprises people. Because I think a lot of people's goals now with social media is to get as many followers as possible, get good Mm. engagement. I never started for those reasons. I did it purely as a creative outlet and Mm. I was having fun with it. It was Mm. was a hobby. So I think to then, if I were to have been told, you're going to end up with X amount of followers and all these people are going to be watching you and you're going to almost grow up with this, Mm. it would absolutely terrify me. I wouldn't want it. And like I said, I think I'm more introverted (laughs) than extroverted. And I would just think, oh my gosh, there's no way I want people to like be following me along. Like, what about all the times I'm going to slip up or do something wrong or say something wrong or the or the tough times like mm. and you know they have been then it has been amazing and you know I obviously have no regrets but I honestly don't know if I would have started it if I knew where it would come now well mm. that is just moving the microphone at this time back round to me <laughs> um that is I never expected you to say that actually really we've never um, really spoken about we actually that, have haven't we? No. like and to be fair being one of my closest friends, we don't really talk about it at all. No. Do we? We've spoken about the impact of social media and more from like a bigger picture point of view, mm. but we've never really spoken about it from our personal perspectives. No. And I remember when I really wanted to kind of, you know, do an episode on social media, I can mm. think of anyone better to ask, but it's actually, for me, I'm going to learn a lot from this episode, I mm. think, things that I never realised. Yeah, and yeah. You, know, you you mentioned it there and it's about how we navigate like our personal lives through social media. So as you said, you know, you would have, you've grown up with social media. Mm. Now there is a whole generation growing up from the ages of like 13 with social media. I mean, that is such an influential young age. And I mean, I, I think I got social media when I was living in, in New York and I was, yeah, again, in my early 20s. And for me, what really impacted me on the social media side was being a model I was always really aware of how I looked I was always comparing myself to other people in the modeling world and you know you're always scrutinized in pictures but that was literally just to that industry Mm. and now I feel like that applies to every single person like everyone's scrutinizing themselves everyone's putting on this like social comparison or looking at other people's ideal lives and I remember when it started for me was the food side of it so there was this kind of huge clean eating movement that happened um hashtag clean eating was like a huge thing and like you know massage your kale was like a huge thing and it there was like a real detrimental side looking back on it now for me that impacted me on choices that I made that probably weren't healthy choices and kind of a brainwashing episode kind of went on during that time for me because I was very unaware of it. it was a whole new experience um you know how you know, how do you navigate those hard times? Because I know, especially, you know, for you last year, you went through a really hard time. And I guess through what, 10 years, you've probably been through two mm. breakups, maybe two new relationships, um, you know, a new, you also, you change a lot in your twenties. Mm. Like you don't kind of, you're not, I don't think anyone can look back 
over their 20s and say, I was the same person at 20 as I am at 29. You know, how do you deal with that? How do your relationships deal with that? Yeah, it's interesting, I think, because you say we grew up with social media from such a young age. Actually, we were in our early 20s. Mm. Like, and as you say, kids are now growing up with mm. social media from such a young age. And even I think like little kids have mm. iPads, even if it's just like games on there, mm. or they have like the kids access to YouTube or whatever, it's still being in front of a screen from the age of like five or yeah. six, you or know, even younger. or even younger, they're just like literally born with it. And that is quite worrying. And it, mm. it does scare me because I think at least we did have our yeah. childhood without this. Um, but I think it, it, a lot of it must just come down to education and just speaking openly as much as we can and teaching children actually the importance of staying present outside of, you know, the screen. Um, and in terms of like dealing with the tough times it's quite unusual I think to have to deal with that online as well and have it documented yeah. and I've changed so much as everyone does like since the age of 20 to 30 mm. so many major life changes and it has been online and in ways it has been amazing to have the privilege of an incredible audience that are, mm. it's like one big massive family that mm. are there and supporting me but then there's also the negative side and I think mm. the the larger your audience mm. naturally the bigger the backlash is going mm. to be not everyone is going to like you and mm. as we know social media provides this like platform for people to be anonymous mm. and say whatever they like and not actually think that the person they're speaking to is human mm. and that's definitely something that I have encountered over these years on social media it's that sometimes I think people who follow me don't see me as a real person and don't see me mm. as just a human with real feelings just like them mm. that goes through the same things and we we spoke about this briefly actually today I think my most recent breakup that was I mean, over a year ago now, was probably the first time where I think a lot of my followers realized that I was real. Mm. Like, oh, bad stuff happens to her too. Yeah, She's heartbroken. Yeah. And I decided, it was actually quite a conscious decision. I remember at the time I was like, right, I'm I've got two options here. I'm going to go completely offline and not speak about what's happened and just mm. brush it under the carpet mm. and maybe in a few months just kind of reappear and hopefully people will just guess what happened and then we'll never talk about it again mm. or I thought the other option is to just be honest mm. about this and it's so raw for me but I'm mm. in a place where I'm in the thick of it where I feel like I can speak from a really true authentic place mm. and everyone goes through this yeah and I'm really glad that I took that option like obviously I kept my private life private, but I think speaking about your journey so openly and so authentically and from a very raw, vulnerable place hopefully helped a lot of people. And I really do think that was one of the first times when people were like, ah, Naomi's real. Mm. She's an mm. actual human. Thing mm. Things aren't perfect for her. Mm. And I think maybe without even realizing it, my years on social media have portrayed this like lovely perfect life yeah this happy-go-lucky girl where mm. everything just you know always goes right and she's always having a lovely time and every day is great blah 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 and I think I had been doing that without mm. realizing I didn't do it on purpose I think I just naturally only would post the good times mm. like everyone on social yeah. media right you don't see the bad times so this was the first time where I thought hmm I'm gonna be real here mm. 
life is not great <laughs> and my life has turned upside down but I'm gonna tell everyone and I'm gonna speak about it and just talk about my journey and it was really from that point onwards even until now where I do speak as openly as I can mm. while ma- maintaining my private life of yeah. course that's so important with social mm. media and I think we'll, we'll touch on that you don't have to reveal everything mm. but I think having a healthy balance of mm. just being real and authentic and not mm. just always showing how perfect your life is mm. because perfection just doesn't exist yeah I think that's just so important because so many people struggle with social media and like the inadequacy of their own lives because there's this whole social comparison element and like what you showed last year and to kind of give people a context and we went through one of the most traumatic breakups I think I've had in any of my friendship groups that I've ever known and like it would hit anyone mm. for six mm-hmm. I mean anyone I mean you've been there through a lot of times that I'm struggling with personally right now that I don't actually speak about social media because I'm not ready to talk about it Mm. but you know you within your own friendship groups you can kind of really see that pain but you really did kind of open yourself up you know and be vulnerable about it and I think that's when a connection happens but that's blooming hard to do like I mean it's very hard to do and it's it's really hard to show that you're vulnerable and in pain and I think, I don't know if I told you this, actually. There's a girl um, who did some work with the BWAR Collective. And she was struggling with an eating disorder. And she kind of came back to want to mentor and talk about her experience. And she called me. I don't know if I told you this. A couple no. of months ago. And she's gone through a breakup again. And um, and she was really worried kind of about there's like a control mechanism with obviously eating disorders and, and, and things like that. And obviously with shock and trauma, you know you don't have an appetite and you don't want to eat and all of these things that obviously come along with a traumatic breakup and she referenced you and she said you know I know that you're really good friends with Naomi and she's been through a really traumatic time in the last year and how you know kind of just like hearing her story has really helped me know that there is gonna be light at the end of the tunnel when I'm gonna get through this even though every single day is so traumatic and I mean, like, that's one person who spoke to mm-hmm. me, who reached out to me from completely out of the blue and referenced your name. I mean, like, the power of it, as much as there's so many negatives that can come with it, the power of it is that actually you gave people so much hope. And hope in a time of a pandemic when, my gosh, any single person was just feeling mm-hmm. so isolated. And knowing that, yeah, do you know what? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Or somebody's not having the best time on their own. Or actually, they are struggling day to day with just the normal mundane things of like having a shower or like cooking your food or you know doing yoga like those things are a struggle because you're you're in pain but did you ever worry during that time of being that open around kind of the privacy in your life of how that was going to affect the people around you like did you kind of think god am I being too open or am I being open enough like what kind of because I think that's something that probably goes through my mind is kind of the worrying side you just don't know how much is the right to give and how much is not it's such a confusing because mm. there's no manual on it I know there is <laughs> if only there were a manual maybe we should try and write one no it's true though there's a fine line you know what is oversharing mm. uh what is being just real and authentic and mm. you know not just showing the good times but then, you know, people don't want to show the bad times, obviously, understandably, mm-hmm. because it's it's 
a lot for them emotionally. Mm. So why would you want to put that online for everyone to dissect mm. and know about you? I so my my way of doing it was I, I kept I kept it very private mm. in terms of what actually happened, mm. but I only spoke about my journey. So yeah. I spoke about heartbreak. Yeah. I spoke about how to learn to love yourself first, mm. how I maneuvered this time, how I consciously wanted to go down this journey of self-development mm. and I think that can be applied to anyone that's going through mm. a hard time you know mm. I spoke about well-being from a very holistic point of view mm. including diet exercise yoga meditation journaling journaling I'm a big fan of journaling yeah. um all these little tools that really helped me and even though yes this hopefully and amazingly helped lots of people mm. going through a similar thing it was also from a selfish perspective. This was like my one tool of my healing as well, speaking about it. And the messages that I would receive from women sharing their own stories made me feel like I wasn't alone. And I think this is one of the biggest things when you go through anything traumatic, really, you can just feel so alone mm. and so isolated. Like you're the only one that's going through this. And why me? What did I do to deserve this? Mm. Whereas actually speaking openly about this journey and reading these messages of women that were in themselves being so vulnerable sharing that Mm. with me privately made me feel like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. there are so many people men and women going through similar things and up until this point have probably felt like they were also alone and Mm. couldn't talk to anyone even friends sometimes like I definitely felt this actually with some friends I mean you know I'm so lucky to have the Mm. most incredible network around me like of Mm. course you being one of them you you were amazing like last year but I think you end up feeling like oh my god I don't want to be a burden I don't want to call them all the time and like they're busy and they've got their own like like I need to just you know almost lock it in yeah don't talk about it now people are bored of it Mm. time to just move on whereas actually I think being like okay it's been a couple of months and I'm having a really bad day thought Mm. I thought I'd healed but no because it's not linear healing is never linear it goes up and down up Mm. and down um so I think for me using my platform as like a a safe space Mm. to speak about this healing process really really helped and just made me realize as well like people if they're if they're the right people there for you your friends and family you're not going to be a burden no and you know as you've said you, you've gone through tough times as well and we've all been there for you like you you just are and it's part mm. of your network so I almost see like my social media followers mm. as like an extension of that mm. network do you know what it's you've kind of mentioned some real positives of that because such a big part and I'm going to kind of caveat it and hopefully not in a negative way but you mentioned like you know you didn't feel lonely and you felt connected. And I think that's such a positive because the flip side is actually if you aren't using it to connect in that way, you can actually feel very disconnected. Mm. You can feel very alone. And it's so interesting how it can be used in both ways because, Mm. you know, when we've both gone through hard times and been there for one another, we've both kind of been like, we'll be there for you. Like, you're not alone. And you're like, and when you go through that traumatic time, you're like, God, actually, I do feel really loved and I do feel like I've got these people around me. But there's many nights when you can sit on social media and you can go through and end just, I mean, you can end up on like your sister's friends, cousins, <laughs> teachers, wife's daughter's page of a dog. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. how did I get here? 
and they're having a better time than you (laughs) and you're like life's so unfair they all look so happy yeah well it's the comparison right like that is the negative side of social media I think everyone compares themselves to their friends or their friends dogs auntie whatever (laughs) it's a black hole and I think it would be impossible to not compare yourself on social media. Yeah. Really interesting what you said earlier, actually, about your industry. You you basically grew up in a world mm. where you were compared to others and also comparing yourself to others. Mm. But that's almost like what everyone goes through now if they're yeah. on social media. Yeah. It's fascinating. And I think we, we need to find ways to just help our mental health mm. with this and see that, people do only share the good times on social media. It's not real. Yeah. And we all do it ourselves. If you think about what you post or mm. I post or our friends post, of course, it's always like the best days and the best photo of that good day as well. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's so curated and we all know this, like yeah. logically in our heads, yeah. we know this, but then it's when you're sat there scrolling, yeah. it's like well, everyone's having the time of their lives yeah. and I'm in on a Friday night on my own. Yeah. Like what has this world come to but then I think, actually, if I just look at my own profile right now, people are probably doing that thinking about me. They don't know yeah. that I'm at home on my yeah. own on a Friday night. They think yeah. I'm like cruising around the south of France on a boat. You weren't last week with me, but that was great. <laughs> and generally, I'm going to say there, you know, we went away and being like one of your friends, I have to say, for two people that live their lives on social media as their job, like it's a, it's a business for both of us, you know, for for my side of the nutrition and mental health things and your side of a full lifestyle and a skincare entrepreneur. You know, we weren't on our phones no. at all. And we were with people that didn't have social media who were on their phones all the time. Like 99% of the time. Yeah, but I would say you and I are like that wherever we are. Like if we yeah. go out for coffee even yeah. or a walk or dinner, yeah. our phones are in Off. our handbags, like not on the table. Yeah. We're, I think we... Maybe it's because it is our career that we're more Mm. mindful of setting these boundaries. Yeah. Because I'm very aware of friends that aren't in social media that don't do what we do. And I think I don't want them to think of me as just, oh, the girl on social media that's always on her phone. So Mm. I've made extra effort Mm. to be the one where you won't see me with my phone in my hand if we're like together. Yeah. and I have set quite a few boundaries, actually, in the past few years. I think I've learned quite a lot about that, having spent nearly a decade on it. Yeah. There are certain things that I purposely do to get me away from social media, and I try to treat it as work. Mm. Um, I do also have my private Instagram account as well. You where do? I literally just post, like, family pics and, you know, rubbish stuff that I felt like I couldn't just post on my main Instagram so I've got like that outlet as well. Yeah. But I definitely have these boundaries mm. to make sure that I'm staying present. Mm. It's all about staying present mm. at the end of the day in the real world and not putting social media life above mm. real life. Mm. I think we both know people mm. that have put so much pressure on themselves probably to have the most incredible social media mm. life. Mm. But then they're probably neglecting their real life and then they're just not present. And Mm -hmm. it's quite sad, really, how that can happen. And I think Mm. social media and technology in general can be so addictive. Mm. And when you have spent most of your 
20s really and 30s on social media you can see how Mm. that is that kind of life is created Mm. but I think it's all about becoming more aware and more conscious Mm. of staying present Mm. in the real world and it doesn't come naturally sadly no we have to force ourselves to be present it's like I am not going to touch my phone for this dinner or I'm going to go out for a walk without my phone or this whole hour in the gym phone is in the locker Mm. things like that it sounds so basic Mm. But if you're doing that every day and spending just like a couple of hours without a phone in Mm. your hand, I think it will really, really help you Mm. to learn to be present. We have to relearn how to be present. It's like we've created these really bad habits. And it's really hard because it's not not our fault. You know, we have been stepped into a a world that has been created for convenience. And, you know, I don't know. And this is, I'm going to sound like my parents here, but like going back to like, you know, when I was younger at school, you made a plan, you were there, you didn't cancel people. And it's not just social media, it's everything. Like the mm. convenience of of life today is so accessible and so easy and so easy to cancel plans or just sit in and scroll through your phone or, you know, not even call a friend. I love calling my friends as opposed to just texting them because it's that, that interaction that you're actually speaking to someone. And there's this kind of new generation as well. And you, it, it's really interesting that the new generation that are kind of coming up and the awareness that, you know, how much more environmentally conscious they are or more health conscious and, you know, much more aware of the time that they do spend on their phone because there's this whole kind of era of digital minimalism coming out now. And people taking, we both have friends that take whole weekends offline or... Mm. I've been very important recently about talking about taking time offline because I have myself in the last few weeks. I've kind of, I stepped back and I stepped back about two weeks ago. I didn't post for five days. I'm not joking you, seven of my friends texting going, is everything okay? What's happened? And I was like, wow, I haven't posted for five days. And the it's so obvious that I might be going through something because I haven't posted. And actually just taking like that time away helps your mental health so much more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how much time do you actually spend on social media? Like, as it's your job, like, what for you are your boundaries? Like, how much are you on there every day? And do you take, like, what's the longest time you've not been on social Mm. media for? Oh, good question. Probably embarrassingly a short amount of time. I, in the past year, have taken weeks off social media Mm. um, on purpose. I was just like this, you know, I need to just get, you know, some headspace, basically. And I had to like let my audience know because otherwise I'd be bombarded with the same questions like, are you okay? Where are you? Like, do we send out help? Like, <laughs> what's going on? So same I had yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm not posting on Instagram, like something terrible has happened. But yeah, I, I let my audience know I'm offline for the next seven days or however long. And that does me the world of good. You don't even need to do it if you're going through a bad time. Just like do it every now and again it's like you know? decluttering isn't Declutter, it Declutter, absolutely mm. um I think it's important to take time off but in terms of like how often do I spend a day on social media recently a lot less mm. and I think it's because of the pandemic and obviously we've had so many lockdowns been stuck at home I was online more than ever like I felt like I was constantly on social media. You know when you get in that weird pattern of checking Instagram, then you go to WhatsApp, then you go to like another, like emails or something, Mm. and then you go back to Instagram, and then you do the full circle again and again and again. And it was so bad. You know, even my eyes were hurting, Mm. you know, from these lockdowns. Mm. So now that the world is back open... Mm. 
I'm socializing like obviously a lot more mm. seeing friends seeing family and because I have this rule that when I'm with my friends and family I try not to be on my phone too much I feel like I've really neglected my social media <laughs> which is actually probably quite a nice thing because it just yeah. means that I'm being so conscious to be as present as I can mm. with my real friendship group around mm. me and spending more time with family mm-hmm. um lockdown also taught me that you know just how important it is actually to stay as connected to your family mm. as possible and so I go home quite frequently now um but yeah I've I haven't been on social media as much as I normally would have mm. uh, which is a complete lesson from lockdown but before that I would dread to think how much I was on social media like I'm embarrassed to even say it like literally probably most of the day I'd Mm. always have my phone in my hand Mm. I'd always be checking it Mm. and I did feel a certain pressure to always be posting Mm. and it's like this whole relevance thing I think when you're when your career is based on social media there is this weird underlying fear that you're eventually just not going to be relevant and the only way to prevent that is to be posting every single day so I was like strict and regimental about this which is bizarre because as I said at the beginning I never started this to get the followers it's almost like because they came and there was this crazy snowball effect Mm. at the beginning when I started it's like oh I've got to maintain it now Mm. so I've got to be posting every single day Mm. whereas now I feel so much more relaxed with it I'm also Mm. focused on other things I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in a really healthy um, place with it. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what? I think you're just in a really good, healthy place generally yeah. as a friend. Yeah. You know, like I've just seen your transition over the last year and you've really grown as a person and as a woman and as an individual oh, from like you. your work to your personal life. Just, it's amazing when you see one of your friends really blossom from a really traumatic time mm. And the growth that comes through that and the cracks that kind of become stronger Mm. and the foundations. And I feel like that's been kind of a real defining moment for you um, online and offline. That's so lovely to hear as well because I think I feel it in myself. But then to have one of your best friends observe it and kind of confirm it. It does make me realise, you know, what an incredible journey it's been. Because also the sad thing is in the thick of it, Mm. whether it's a bad time or even like before you know I didn't know things weren't right or I Mm. wasn't as happy as I could be Mm. but it took a massive change and for this whole kind of journey of self-discovery for the past 12 months for me to get to where I am now Mm. it's not easy it's really not you need to put the work in yeah to to see the um to to get any results really and you know what like you really have and you've taken that and it's not saying social media is going to stop but you have also taken a step back from that and you know, we were talking about this earlier, like solitude and and daydreaming and those times that you actually have of your own headspace on your own that, you know, your phone, whether it's social media or WhatsApp or whatever it is, is a continuous distraction to that. And like being alone in your thoughts is a really scary, vulnerable situation. And like how often, I mean, how often does anyone listening to this kind of put their phone down and just sit and people watch and not get out their phone and not scroll and not kind of erode their thoughts with a distraction? Mm. You know, I think that's something that you've definitely done in the last year is kind of put a bit of that to a side and and sit there and and really feel that Mm. and and go through that. And I feel like we've really lost that today with with social media or just generally our phones in in general. I completely agree with you. And Mm. I think we can tell ourselves, right, I'm not going to touch my phone on this walk. 
but if it's in your pocket I think mm. without even thinking about it you instinctively will get the phone out start scrolling and then it's almost like you have to remind yourself oh my gosh I told myself I wouldn't be on my phone like put it away so now I actually go for my walks without my phone mm. which is kind of terrifying that the only way that I can be completely present on my own mm. on a walk or whatever it is that I'm doing is to force myself by mm. not having my phone on me yeah I mean it says a lot but it really has helped me to learn to be present and reconnect with yourself mm. reconnect with real people around you and the mm. real world form those relationships with people like now I know all my local little shops like cafes and everything the names and we chat and I do kind of feel like before when we're all you know just on our Mm. phones the whole time you're you're so disconnected that you're you're not open to to forming new relationships with people and I think for me even going for my morning little walk without my phone go to my coffee shop have a chat with the the coffee shop guys get my coffee and like stay completely present sit down people watch just mm. be there in the real world it has made the world of a difference to I think my mental well-being as yeah. a whole and it sounds like it's such a tiny thing isn't it but I think doing that little thing training yourself to be more present then trickles down mm. in you know into other aspects of your life completely mm. It's like forming like new habits and sadly the phone is a habit that's just kind of occurred and it's become a very normalized habit but you know you meant you touched on something mental health there which is obviously a massive part of of my life and the organization the yeah. Work collective and you know if you look at recently you know the, the the age groups that suffer is kind of 13 to 25 year olds and if and I and it's because of anxiety related disorders and phones make you anxious, you know, that dopamine hit you get when someone messages you, or you get a like, or you get a comment, like that is such a feel-good neurotransmitter hormone, that's constantly being kind of a reward system, and when that's taken away, you feel very isolated from that, you feel really lonely, and that's kind of when you become quite low, and you can feel quite depressed, because you're like, well, I've not really got those likes, or those comments, or that interaction, but you nothing compares to that real life interaction that you get around your friends and sadly I feel like there's a lot of replacements going on with 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 the replacement of social media and that connection and you know when you look at the really high increase like 40% increase in anxiety related disorders and and low mood and suicide attempts have I mean they've gone through the roof especially in the last year in linked with the pandemic but if you think about the pandemic and the loneliness and then the increased time on social media as you said you'd never been on your phone as much I think all of us had either never been in the fridge as much finding food to eat <laughs> probably never drunk as much in our life and never been in our phones as much yeah. I mean all of the kind of the things that we're always talking about like getting out moving no one was doing exercise everyone was increasing their times on social media you know maybe our diets went out the window because mm. that was one part of pleasure that we had you know was maybe just to eat what we wanted to eat the comfort foods and all of these things do really impact our mental mm. health. And funnily enough, like I said to you earlier, Chloe Kardashian, who is probably, you know, one of the most the Kardashians are a global name. Everyone knows who they are. Opinion, again, probably won't go into that in this episode. But, you know, she's actually taking a step back from social media because she feels super anxious. And you're thinking she's somebody who, you know, and, you know, breaking this down, she has everything in the sense of monetary values. But she's obviously, this has really impacted her. So it doesn't matter who you are. You know, social media seems to be having a detrimental mm. impact on so many people. Um, and I think, you know, I guess my question to you is like, do you think that social media should come with a health warning? 
Mm. Yeah. Interesting question. And I don't blame Chloe at all because I also do think with with that incredible audience that the Kardashians have, you mm. know, it's just unbelievable amounts of people. The backlash that they must get on a daily basis must just be unbearable. And it's it's like online bullying, right? Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine what they go through every single day. And I'm sure they tell themselves don't take it in you know they've got real people around them that you know far more important than a stranger that's just trolling them online but it does affect you so I can completely see why Chloe felt the need to do that and yeah with the social media health warning I think a lot of it comes down to education I think Mm. we really need to educate our the young people around us so kids grandkids just all the young people that are growing up with iPads in their hands basically Mm. and phones and social media we need to also uh, teach them the importance of staying connected to themselves Mm. and friends and family and taking time offline maybe it's finding hobbies and things that can actually pull them away from their phones Mm. because we didn't actually grow up with that necessarily even though we were very young when social media came in we we weren't like five years old you know we we're in the real world Mm. so I think we just need to remember that these kids are growing up in a completely different world to us Mm. and I'm so grateful that we didn't grow up with social media because I think it's going to be really tough so I really do feel for these kids and I think it is about education so the health warning yes absolutely But then how far is a health warning actually going to go? Like, you know, if people are addicted to social media, Mm. I don't think a health warning is going to pull them apart Mm. or pull them away from it. I think it's more about education and maybe even, you know, our age group as well. Mm. Let's find ways to actually have time and meet like meaningful Mm. experiences, Mm. not on social media. Because, you know, I'm absolutely guilty of this. I'll have like the best weekend or a holiday or whatever. Yeah. And I still want to post the photos of it, even if I'm very present on the holiday. Like our weekend is a prime yeah. example. You know, last weekend, had the most incredible time together, barely on our phones at all, completely disconnected from that and stayed so connected yeah. to each other and just our surroundings and the whole experience. But there were photos taken, yeah. even though we didn't actually ask for photos. Like yeah. our friends were taking photos. Yeah amazing photos and then yeah we both ended up posting them on social media not like nothing wrong with it but I think there is this certain mindset of like oh I've got to like post that incredible time that we had so maybe it's more about like education around it meaningful moments are Mm. enough as just that like it doesn't need to be proven on social media Mm. um but I think maybe with Chloe coming off Instagram we could see a bit of a um I don't know, a trickle effect of other people wanting to do that. And I've even, I know that you do too, quite a few friends now that have chosen to come off Instagram and all social media. Mm. And I can completely see why. They they literally say, I felt like I was comparing my life to others. Yeah. Even if I knew that my life is just as fulfilling as theirs, mm-hmm. you know, and people only show the, the best parts of their days mm. or lives, it's still has a negative effect on your mental well-being so I can see why people are coming off I think that is quite an extreme Mm. way you know Mm. to just be like okay I'm coming off it all together but I think breaks are necessary yeah Yeah. do you know what I agree with that I one of my friends um he's just gone to Greece for I think three weeks just said she's so busy she was like you know I'm just deleting it off my phone and just going to be completely present Mm. 
And it's weird because you do get a bit of a social anxiety. It's like you're trying to reduce your anxiety for coming off and then you get social anxiety that you're not on social media. Yeah. And you're like, hang on, yeah. this is so warped in my perception. Like, what is going on here? And I think, you know, we both know a lot of people that don't have social media now. And I do think it's going to become a kind of a cool, trendy thing where, you know, if you meet someone, they don't have social media. Because for me... If I meet somebody, the first thing I do is, I'm, oh, what's your social media? Or if I meet somebody when I'm out and I want to know more about them, I want to look at their social media. Yeah. And when you're like, you don't have social media? You're like, oh, <laughs> wait, how do I connect? And I've had... You're like, you can't look them up. But then weirdly, I'm relieved because I'm like, oh, good. Okay, that means they can't stalk me they on Instagram. Oh, they can Google me. It's the worst. <laughs> I really the worst. hate that. I really hate it. <laughs> oh. But it is, it's like our kind of attention is like fractured by social media mm. and it's I I definitely do have a, a short attention span I'm kind of somebody who wants to be doing a lot of thing at once mm. and I, I do have to turn my phone off because I will constantly be on my phone otherwise yeah. and it's such a big distraction to kind of my own mental headspace you know what would be kind of your I mean I know you said kind of leaving your phone away or taking walks and things like that but you know how do you really navigate your time apart from just doing some exercise like for you in the evening I think this is the hardest part it's waking up in the morning Mm -hmm. it's a habit to look on my phone and it's going to bed at night Mm -hmm. and sometimes when I can't sleep the easiest thing for me to do is pick up my phone and look through it and I know from running mental health strategy that's the worst thing that I can do yeah but I, I did it last night. Yeah. But I did it. And, and I, and you know, for me, it's, I always tell my clients, doesn't mean I do it, to like buy a alarm clock and put it next to their bed and actually remove the phone out of their room. So it's like your parents, like, no, I'm taking that away from you. Yeah. You know, it's like putting those boundaries in. Like for you, what are the boundaries that you insert to really have a healthy habit with social media? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, that is so relatable. I think everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast will think, yep, I'm scrolling on social media before I go to sleep. I do it and it's not good at all. I think it's about finding something to replace that time mm-hmm. with. So that time that you're spent on social media, how can you replace it? Mm-hmm. So for me in the evenings when I'm at home and not out with friends or whatever, I cook and I love it and but I plan my whole evening I'm like right I'm going to go and buy my ingredients I'm going to cook this recipe that I'm really excited about doing I'm going to sit down have a lovely meal and all of that time could have been spent just scrolling on social Mm -hmm. media ordering delivery food straight to my door and you know eating while scrolling Mm. I've definitely had nights like that as well and it doesn't make you feel good so now I purposefully similarly actually to what you said about keeping your phone out of the bedroom when I'm in my living room and kitchen having a night in like that and purposely not being on my phone I go and put my phone in the bedroom and leave it there wow yeah and but this it is like a no-brainer for me now yeah like I haven't even thought about this for a while because that's my new house rule yes your new house rule yes Sarah's just moved house beautiful beautiful home (laughs) we're here today for the first day (laughs) it's stunning it's absolutely stunning it's like your little gorgeous haven yeah new house rule and for me it's completely become a habit Mm. that when I get home I go and put my phone on charge next to my bed but then I don't go into the bedroom while Mm. I'm cooking or you know doing whatever it is that I'm doing Mm. in my evening and that weirdly has just become quite an easy thing to do now but it is Mm. like any habit you need to 
tell yourself and force yourself to do that repetitively Mm -hmm. until it does become just second nature Mm -hmm. but I definitely the problem now is when I go into the bedroom get into bed and then I'm there like of course like yeah I pick up my phone and I'll have like a few whatsapp messages or instagram messages Mm -hmm. whatever and interestingly actually something I noticed earlier you said um the dopamine hit of messages that you're receiving on your phone can be addictive it's Mm. like the happy hormone right I sometimes have the opposite effect where it's like anxiety inducing when I pick up my phone and look and I've got multiple whatsapps Mm. from multiple whatsapp groups Mm. and then instagram messages and then dms and then emails and everything and I literally take one glance at my phone and I'm just like oh my gosh I don't like I can't deal with it and that that's my anxiety like it's the notifications that mm. provide me with that like oh god no I hate it you should turn your notifications off this is what I've done really yes yeah, so there's a really good kind of thing on your phone where you can just say all notifications off so you then have to go into the app to check so that's how I manage mine oh, I love that. so I don't get any Instagram yeah. notifications um I only turn my whatsapp notifications mm-hmm. on if it's like a work day and I need to see things during work time because mm-hmm. now loads of like to not email you but also WhatsApp, WhatsApp you at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I find that really helpful and you can put on like do not disturb on your phone so I do my downtime from mm. like 8 in the evening and I definitely was somebody who was working till very late and I've definitely reevaluated my lifestyle since the pandemic as well yeah and yeah do not disturb I think do not disturb. need I, I actually do do that mine is I love how yours is 8pm mine's actually like 6pm <laughs> I'm sitting in clinic at that time <laughs> From 6 p.m. until 6 a.m., my phone goes on to automatically do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And my phone goes yellow because I get rid of the... Um, yes. It's the night shift on the yeah, iPhone, yeah. right? It gets rid of the blue light. Yeah. So again, like, it's meant to help with sleep. Um, yeah. The melatonin production release. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So my phone does that automatically. Mm. But I think... If you're wanting to go and have a little scroll, nothing is going to stop you. There is an app that someone told me about, though, um, where we can write this in the description because I can't remember what the app's Mm. called, but it closes off certain apps. You could be like, right, Instagram is like not accessible from 8pm onwards until tomorrow morning and you literally cannot open it. It's like locked. It's locked, yeah. I mean, terrifying, but it's, you know... No matter how hard you try, you are not allowed to go onto Instagram. Again, like, how scary that we need to be forced to do yeah. that. It's like me, when I go on my walk, I have to leave my phone at home. Mm. Otherwise, I know I'm going to be on it. But I think because we are just so programmed now mm. to always be on our phones, we need these tools to, like, help us get off them. <laughs> <laughs> what has become of our generation? So, like, leading on from this, and it's a question that, well, it's not a question, it's an observation that I had seen, sadly, which is the real downside of social media. And I think nowadays, so when we were younger, if people got bullied at school, you were bullied in person, you go home, you get away from it, and you kind Mm. of be, like, dreading to go back to school again the next day if you were being bullied. But, you know, I think that's awful as well. It's It's not saying that that's acceptable and that's easier to deal with, but... The sad thing about kids today is that there's a lot of online bullying. And not just kids today, I mean work life and I don't know. There's so many different areas where you can feel harassed and bullied online. And you, when you say bullying, you automatically relate it to kind of school days of that. But you can't get away from it because it's there wherever you are, that harassment and that bullying online. But you also do receive a lot of that side of it. And it's something from being a friend. And we didn't 
really ever talk about work until quite recently actually but like I never really realized how bad some of that abuse you got was and I mean I kind of got a, a fraction of of that from um from kind of sharing moments with you on Instagram and it really affected me and I thought how do I not know that she dealt like because you kind of cope with it from the outside of what I see really well but I I mean every single person who would suffer that would struggle mm. you know you know how how do you deal with that harassment and bullying online I I think I've had to deal with it for so many years mm. that I barely even think about it now but I realized early on that as your audience grows the hatred grows as well mm. and it shouldn't be like that but it's just the reality of the world not everyone is going to mm. like you but normally in the real world you just wouldn't interact with people that you you don't get on with or people that don't like you or whatever you can just easily walk away but online you cannot escape it and they want you to know and it can be really petty things like I've literally had messages or comments within the space of like 30 seconds one saying you are far too skinny you're gross you're this blah 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 you clearly don't eat blah blah then the next message honestly within minutes would be you're you've put on weight I can tell from your face that like you look really puffy like what what have you done to your diet like clearly letting yourself go like li- literally like from one image like the same image but they're two people's perspectives of me so wow. yeah I get it's a lot of um criticism on appearance um so it's like the modeling world well it is similar it is it really does. similar in a way yeah but it's just quite sad that people feel that they can be so anonymous online that they can just say whatever they like to anyone and I think it is also because they don't see me as a real person they just see a girl with like a large following posting photos and they can say whatever they want but there is this petition now to have approved Instagram accounts so you can only create an account if you provide certain details about yourself because obviously now I think all you need is an email address but you you can set up an email address Mm. instantly Mm. um what I have done previously is I block the trolls Mm. and now Instagram have this thing where when you click block it will say block all accounts that this person creates which I think is you know Mm. it's a good step because previously I definitely noticed you'd block someone that's you know saying those hideous things about you and publicly on like the main comment section so everyone can see what they're saying about you but then they would just instantly create a new account Mm -hmm. so hopefully I mean Instagram is going in the right direction but I'm all for this petition that's going around Mm -hmm. I I think everyone should read it and sign it if you if you agree with it because I do think it could really hopefully make Instagram a more positive Mm -hmm. place again. Yeah, so basically you have to have, you have to provide your form of ID. So I guess if you are somebody who is trolling or bullying or being awful, they can directly link that person to that behavior. Mm. Because at the moment, people can just say whatever they want and get away with it. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned to me earlier, people just recreating accounts. So it's the same person. They're just recreating another account to keep going with that abuse. And I think, you know, on the other side of it, people might just think, oh, it's just words, you can deal with it. But that can be one of the worst psychological forms of harassment Mm. and you know it doesn't always have to be physical and and that's why kind of you know kind of looping this back to mid of our section saying should it come with a health warning because if you look at kind of the last hundred years of how 
life has developed and our health has developed, we know that too much kind of sugar isn't great for our health. We know too many stimulants aren't great for our health and our adrenals. We know that too many kind of processed foods from industrialization and um, you know, supermarkets coming as convenience is not good for our health. We've now got like, you know, so many people that are having type 2 diabetes, even kids as young as five. We've got an obesity epidemic. You know, we've got all of these kind of things that have come in to make our life a bit easier and more desirable in a way because these foods are so moorish, but it's had a huge kind of backlash on our health. And so now we've got the NHS kind of saying, have your five a day and loads of discussions around the Mediterranean diet and healthy fats and things that are bad fats like trans fats, things like that. So we have a lot of conversation around kind of like our physical health. But when it comes to our mental well-being, I mean, we have in the last year become a lot more open to talking around it. There's a lot more kind of movement that needs to be done on that. But I do think that social media does need to come with some sort of health warning because it's a new kind of generation that are having to deal with constant stimulus, constant bullying, if that's, you know, what they're experiencing that they can never get away from. And like the social comparison side, there's so many kind of other things that it's our mind. So it might not be physical, but the mental side is is, is really hard to deal with. And I think that is a big rise in a lot of the problems that we're seeing in anxiety related and depressive disorders and isolation. Because when I was living in New York, I felt very lonely because I, similar to you actually, when you're telling me your story in the beginning and saying, I went to university and then this kind of whole new area of my life kind of came and I was the same. I was about to go to university and then the modeling kind of came and I was like, this is not the normal route that I'm meant to go down. This is a completely different route. But I did feel very alone because I was kind of taken away from my friend group and popped in another country on my own without anyone I knew. And that's how I feel now people are with their phones and social media. They're just kind of inside on their own. And that loneliness and isolation also creates just huge rise of anxiety and depression mm. disorders no that's true it's like we're all our own little islands on mm. on our phones yes. it's really sad to see um and you you asked me like how do I deal with these negative comments I think the way and I don't really think about it anymore but like I think the way that I've learned to deal with the trolling is to just remind myself that this isn't actually about me I think a lot of these people it's projecting their own unhappiness onto people online. Mm. Whether that's the case or not, I don't know, because I don't know who these people are. They're secret accounts. There's no photo. There's not even a name. Like, they're zero followers, zero following. They're, like, complete fake accounts. I have no idea at all who these people are. But I've kind of, like, created this story in my head that they're just all very miserable people (laughs) that are trying to drag everyone down with them. And I just think, nope. I am not being pulled down with you. I'm just going to completely ignore it. And I mean, I'd lie if I said it doesn't affect me at all. Of course it does. And over the years, I think getting more and more negativity from these people, it has almost put me in a bit of a box where I'm, I have definitely been scared to reveal like the true me or have any real personality online because that provides more ammunition almost. So, you know, like I have without even wanting to made myself a bit smaller Mm. to protect myself Mm. and then I've got a lot of like friends or people that I meet even now they're like you're so much funnier in real life or you're so much more like you're more fun and I didn't think this and they're like 
Even like if I'm out swearing with my mates and stuff, they're like, you are like a different person sometimes online. Like you definitely have made yourself smaller, which is quite sad. Mm. But then also I think it is like a, a bit of a, just a self-protective thing. It's like yeah. my shield. Like I can't, I wouldn't want 100% of me online mm. anyway. Mm. You know, with personal things that happen in my mm. life, I don't reveal it all. I need mm. to maintain that private side mm. of me. And that includes you know, aspects of my personality, I suppose, yeah. which I think is quite nice because it means that I'm putting the real world above social media world. Mm. I'd rather be the best version of myself mm. with my f- true, like, friends and family. Mm. And I do definitely see social media as as work as well, you know. Mm. It is part of my career mm. and I, I, I can't mix my personal life too much on there. Mm. I completely agree. I mean, with the kind of rise of social media, I think there is kind of, a, especially last year, we think what we do learn is that we are desperate to engage. It's just, are we engaging in the right way? And I think that's something that we kind of need to all kind of leave this podcast thinking about. Are we engaging in a healthy way and in a correct way? Or is all of our engagement coming through online? How many times do you pick up your phone to your friend and call them? How often are you cancelling plans and then just actually staying in and looking on your phone? Like these are such important parts of our mental health and character building and what makes us who we are. And I think, you know, there is a time to reevaluate that. Like we all want to engage. We are social creatures at the end of the day. And that is one of the pillars of many pillars that is part of our kind of overall well-being. And I do hope that we can kind of reevaluate that going forward and maybe looking at kind of taking more time offline or maybe someone will call up their friend after this and you know it's do you know what I've just thought about this now this episode is the first episode that I'm recording in person and it's around kind of social media and disengagement and all these kind of things and actually it's been so nice to not stare at a zoom screen and record this with someone and actually to have like a face to raise because you just Mm. can't take that away no and I think that's the same for so many people with work meetings have been on zoom and yeah Mm. it's like amazing that we can keep going with work Mm. during the pandemic but Mm. there's nothing quite like face-to-face interaction there isn't so okay two last questions to ask Mm -hmm. what's your top favorite accounts to follow oh okay Uh, Celeste Barber is amazing. She is a comedian and she basically calls people out on social media for like these ridiculous posts, you know, these beautiful, beautiful girls like dancing along the beach and then she'll just like come and copy that. You'd recognize her. She's amazing. I basically fill my Instagram feed with accounts that make me happy. And I've definitely curated my feed. I I follow like brands that I absolutely adore. Even um, my local cafes and restaurants, like whether they're in London or around the world, like all my favorite places, I follow those accounts because I, I like to imagine I'm, I'm there. Um, our friend's account, Saturn yeah. Returns, oh, Kaggies. Kaggies, yeah, yeah, it's great. Absolutely love her podcast and her Instagram page, it's Saturn Returns, is just such a positive space. Mm. And I really love when her posts pop up. Yeah, um, so. And like my accounts are just people that make me feel good and yeah. remind me to, to really put, your mental and physical well-being first um chris corsini he's into horoscopes if anyone's 
into that kind of side. Love horoscopes. He is amazing. He releases monthly hor- horoscopes, and I swear, I'm like, check- when I know it's the beginning of the month, I'm like literally checking his page, like for the Gemini one. I'm like, come on, he come on, to any be day. Your dinner guests that we talked about the other night. Oh my god! I asked. Yes. We did a thing just to context people listening to the podcast. Um, the other week we had dinner with a few friends, and I said, who would be your top four people to have around a dinner table? I feel like some of these would be great people. Yeah. I think maybe some of these were I can't remember now I can't literally Mark can't remember oh Mark them. Groves okay well that's an Instagram account <laughs> that everyone needs to go and follow and his podcast as well Mark Groves is great um Iskra is brilliant body confidence um yeah she's wonderful all of my friends and family yeah. Nell Hudson is an actor and she I only recently discovered her Instagram page and I think we met a few years ago, but I can't remember. Mm. But I think we did. <laughs> it was so long it. ago. Maybe I dreamt it. Um, I think we were at a dinner together. But then I recently randomly found her account. And she's all about positivity. Um, she's an activist as well. And just has a very open, honest Instagram account. Mm. And I really, really respect her for that. So I... I think literally in the past couple of days found her and started following her and I've been really enjoying her posts just because it's real, you know, Mm. like a real person. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think it's really important to curate your Instagram feed because sometimes I talk to people who are really anti-Instagram and they'll say, you know, I just, I didn't like how every day I'd go on there and I'd just see people, you know, frolicking around, like all they care about is looking good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, there is that side of Instagram. But that's because of who you are following mm. if you want your instagram feed to just be cute puppies and kittens it can be like that it- is actually mine <laughs> mine's all Daxons. <laughs> anyone follows me knows that i love two things hummus, hummus and Daxons. are there hummus instagram account pages that yeah, we can all go and follow yeah there, there is yeah there. Okay. amazing Great. and also and also <laughs> so sad when i'm down i just look at Daxons and they oh. make me so happy i mean i'm not gonna sit here and list the Daxon accounts but if you are Daxon obsessed <laughs> just go and look at who i follow and you'll see a lot of them i love that but you see you can completely tailor what you consume online right yeah completely so if it's hummus that you're into <laughs> just i sound bloody weird right now i sound really odd no I absolutely love it I uh, this is this is your tip on how to make social media a more positive place maybe you should create a hummus account actually I don't know if there are enough of them I want to create a hummus brand yes that is what I want to create is it's my next entrepreneurship speaking of hummus I think we, we need, need to go some. And get some we do yeah. it's lunch <laughs> name me so I always finish off by saying how do you live well and be well Well, I think to tie in with what we've spoken about, stay present. It's not an easy thing to do. I think we need to relearn how to stay present. So that's my answer. Consciously try to reconnect with yourself and the people around you in the real world. (laughs) Creating meaningful memories. You said that earlier and I think (laughs) that might be the name of the podcast. Yes. Oh, love that. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so and much for having me. First in person guest. I well, it's been an absolute honour. <laughs> absolute honour. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And where can they follow you? I haven't popped that in, but that Aww. is actually one of the biggest parts. Where can they follow your social media? 
at Naomi Smart and it's the same across everything. I mean, I'm probably going to take a break and they'll go on there and there'll be nothing. So sorry about that in advance. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Live Well, Be Well. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Your comments and enthusiasm for the podcast means so much to me and it really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you haven't signed up to the Be Well Collective newsletter, please do. We are opening our community doors to everyone. We are now hosting our first ever public workshop. So please head over to the Be Well Collective website, which is www.bewellcollective.co.uk to find out more. We're hosting a workshop surrounding resilience and improving your resilience and self-worth. It's one I feel every single person needs in their life as a tool. And it's one I highly encourage you to sign up to. It is open to every single person and it will be on Zoom. So wherever you are in the world, you can join. Head to the website to find out more details. And until next week, I hope you all live well and be well. Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well, Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.